Welcome to Palermo. This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove, and I'm about to be introduced to a slightly dangerous Sicilian native, the bitter almond. The thing is, not to eat too many, because they have um, cyanide. Do you want to taste the normal one first? Alright. So, you can eat all of it, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> it's not like, it's not an Agatha Christie normal one. This is Claire Robison. Claire is an excellent person to know if you need to know what to eat in Palermo. Oh wow, oh okay. That is a bit of almond. So where do you buy almonds here from the market? Normal almonds you can, yeah, you just buy from the market or the supermarket. Whether it's the best breakfast granita, the endless, bewildering and awe-inspiring Bolaro food market, or cannoli made by nuns, she's got you covered. And then these are, this is the fifth one. This is from a friend's tree, my friend is um I was sent to Sicily on a whistle-stop trip for a recording job in July and managed to persuade the person in charge to let me come home a day later, giving me a total of 24 spare hours in the island's capital. On the advice of many internet friends, I got in touch with Claire, who put me up in her beautiful apartment for the night and, in the evening, took me out on the town for some amazing Sicilian fried food and a gelato and uh, some excellent late-night beers as well. Claire's been living in Sicily for a little while now, tired of London, where she'd worked in restaurants for years. She came here in 2017, found herself an apartment and built a life here. And much of that life revolves around food. Yeah, they were all on that one. 
Um, Um, yeah, no stickler. If you don't use the right plastic, you kind of get, you kind of get fined. <laughs> you get a black cross against. You would just get a zero. I mean, I have, yeah, you just get a zero ring, whatsapping you or messaging you on Instagram now that they've known it's like Instagram. <laughs> that is wrong. Don't do that. What you've done there is wrong. Don't use that there. But yeah, I mean, it's. To be honest, I would, was kind of never, when I was in London, I kind of stayed away from the pasta. It was kind of like... <laughs> wild. Wild. Wild times. Um, I didn't used to eat that much pasta here. I think I've gone native. I eat it every day, more or less now. This is the, the, the tiny, very slow elevator that runs past your window. Yeah. Uh, which is entirely glass, so... Oh, she's, avoid, she's avoiding she eye contact. They do. Some people do. Hi, let's wave. Yeah, some people avoid eye contact. And then some people wave. It's dependent on who it is, really. But it's quite funny. So how did you end up in this wild... Sicilian Palazzo. This I found on, yeah, through um, an agent. Through an agent. I think a lot, I mean, a lot of people find it through word of mouth or family or whatever, but this, this was through an agent. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was quite lucky. I turned up, they showed me one downstairs, which, was above one of the not very good restaurants that were at the bottom of the building. And I, after working in restaurants for God knows how long, I was like, yeah, the last thing I want to do is live above a, a restaurant. restaurant. However, I mean, I do miss, I miss the site. I miss restaurants, definitely, but yeah, so gone and then lived above one would have just been a bit weird. Have you been tempted to come back to it here? What restaurant? No, I'm not professional enough to work in a restaurant in Italy. Like it's an art form here. That's um, nice though. I like that. Yeah, like everyone's super. Yeah, like I don't know. Would I be? No, I don't think so. I mean, the pro. I think the pro. If my Italian was maybe a bit better than maybe. I do miss it. I do miss it. I do go back to the UK every once in a while for a little job. Yeah, everyone. Just, just keep my hand in. Just, just remember if I've still got it. See if I can take an order without writing it down, and then basically screw it up as I'm putting it through, like I always used to do. And then realizing that mm, I'm old, my memory work isn't as good as all it. Too many years of restaurants. Yeah, that and other things. Yeah, probably. Side, <laughs> Side effects of working in restaurants. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the better. That's the better way of putting it, definitely. And so, how do you learn to cook these things? Do you do you ask people? Do you eat something and ask people how they cooked it? Do you see? Do you eat it somewhere and then go and look at the recipe? Like, what's your kind of preferred cooking method? Um, do you follow recipes? Are you the sort of person who likes doing that? 
I maybe use them as a reference point. It's been interesting, like, like, like moving here from London from the UK. You kind of like you have you have a idea or a preconception of what Italian food is, and then you come here and it's kind of quite different in a weird way. Oh like yeah, it's very. Like, it's very simple, especially in Sicily, like, it's very simple, like, super simple. Everyone eats in season. Um, you don't eat, I, you, no one really tends to eat, I mean, people do eat a lot of meat, but on the whole, most people don't eat loads and loads of meat. Like they, like the best fruit and vegetables are so amazing here. Yeah, I mean... And then fish, obviously, I eat. And then you kind of, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky. I've got friends here that, in, um, you know, bits of family that are um, really good cooks. And, mm. like, they show you or you cook with them and then they'll be like, and you'll be like, why do you do that? And they're like, because that's the that's way that you do. That's what you do. And you're like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, like it's, and then you pick stuff up, you see stuff, and you taste stuff. Like it's, like the taste, the taste of things here is completely different to kind of stuff back in England. Like it's the... I guess like, it hasn't been long-term refrigerated to get it somewhere. Yeah, and it's all super fresh. Like if you eat... If you go buy your stuff in the market, I mean, it, it doesn't say that it's organic, but you know, it's, most of it they don't really use full on pesticides. They've not been sprayed because they have to travel for days. Or, yeah, it's just about the process. Yeah, and it's basically, if you go to, to certain places, like maybe out of Palermo in some of the smaller towns, they have, they have markets every week and some of them, I mean mainly Castellamari where I spend quite a lot of time. Like on a Saturday they um The armor peeling's going this one. Yeah, it just goes in the compost. Um it's just lots of old blokes in their little Apo vans and they bring what they've what's ready down and then they'll sell you stuff or they'll sell you um Stuff that they picked, especially during the winter, there's a lot of wild greens that they pick, and they bring them down, and you eat those, and you lots of people pick, and lots of people pick here. It's kind of that's just normal. It's just normal, like everything that's supposedly, you know, cool and trendy and on point is just normal there. Like no one really. Foraging isn't just like a buzzword. No, foraging. Like, they, I mean, if they have no clue what foraging is, they're like, oh, we're just going to go pick something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... Do you think that's part of, like, a wider, like, more kind of connected cultural relationship that Sicilians have with their food? Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't... I mean, don't get me wrong, like... There are Sicilians that have no connection to their food. Of course, yeah, you can't generalise like, for everyone. You can't generalise for everyone. And it's, you know, 
Yeah, the Mediterranean diet. You know, you go to the supermarket and the wheeling round trolleys full of fizzy pop and... And I mean the restaurant that we went to last night, which was just like wall-to-wall amazing fried things. Like, that's not yeah. what they're talking about when you talk about the Mediterranean diet. No. <laughs> that's just delicious fried food. Yeah. Like, it's just fried food. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty full-on fried yeah, food. I mean, there was a deep fried cheese sandwich. Like, <laughs> they're not messing about. No, I mean, you've got to give it to them. They don't really mess around too much. So I've just been kind of... And it's been good, like it's, I cook much, like I don't really go out much to eat, not that I'm bad, but the produce here is so good that more or less most of the time you can actually, like you can cook better at home than you can going out for, for a meal. And has that been a big change from living in London? I mean, it's kind of yeah, like it's like, like I mean, I've cooked for on and off for years, but towards the end of living in London, like cooking a home cooked meal for myself to eat or with family or friends was like a week, once a week thing, mm-hmm. and you kind, I kind of forgot how how amazing the process actually is and how meditative meditative it is as well Mm. and just to feel in control like I mean it's like what we were talking about last night of like being so busy with work that you just end up going and buying pre-packed sandwiches from Pret or from from, I don't know, one of those yeah. yeah, and you just kind of, and that's life, because you don't have time, like, you leave the house, you, and most mornings, I, you know, you would never have time to make a cup of coffee, so you would always get a coffee on the way to work, and then if you wanted breakfast, then you would always, always pick, pick something up, so you're kind of limiting what you're actually eating because of as well, because the options are I'll have a croissant or I'll have a pot of yoghurt with some mass-produced granola in it or or a sandwich. Or, and that's your choice. And that's yeah. your choice. And here, like, you're, I mean, okay, like, you know, the Sicilians love to eat gelato and ice cream for breakfast. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, from granita and stuff like that. Oh, look at this! <laughs> that is a, a handheld garlic chopper. It's like a hand processor. But like, it's like the um, like a starter cord on an engine. On <laughs> the long one. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, when the apocalypse comes and we've got no I'll power. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be all right. Garlic. I'll be able to chop my garlic and... Uh... All right, I'm going to... Yeah, you need to... I need to get on with this, don't I? You do. You need to show Let them the side down. Let them slide down. You're right. Slide down. No. So, yeah, that's where it is. And you just pick things up. I mean, it's good to... Like, I've, like I've got good teachers... Yeah, and it's interesting, like, there's people...
I mean, I remember cooking my first timbalo like the spaghetti, the spaghetti hoop cake, and then it didn't hold together. And I'm like, why isn't it hold, held together? Okay, well, let's just pop them straight in, and right. then we can do it. And um, and then I went back to work and asked one of the ladies there, Giovanna, and she was like. Because you need to cook it and let it sit for 40 minutes before you turn it out. And I was like, ah. Didn't do that. Didn't do that. And she was like, but you need to also wrap it in a towel. I'm like, what? Like, to keep the steam in. To keep the steam in. So it kind of carries on and kind of solidifies. Like, you would just like, never know that. That's so much process lad rather than... Like, yeah, yeah, so you would never know that. You would like... And that's the key to it, is wrapping it up in a towel. And that's how you make a good, timbalo. a successful timbalo turnout. And have you tried it again since and it's worked? Yeah. I do love a timbalo. Well, I've bought I do. spaghetti hoops now, so I'm excited to go yeah. and put this advice in action. There is, there's a lady where I used to work who she literally makes the best timbalo I've ever eaten in my entire life. They're a, they're a treat. An absolute treat. So what else do they have in them? So you get, depending on the seasons, it depends. So sometimes, sometimes during kind of like autumn, winter, in Palermo especially, they do it with like a ragu, like a meat ragu. Oh, wow. With lots of peas in it. They love peas. They love frozen peas here. It's amazing. And then, my kind of people. Yeah, mine as well. You can't beat a good frozen pea. Wow, good job, Lucy. Look at that. One-handed as well. I know, like a simultaneous recording. A professional almond peeler. <laughs> That's amazing. Gonna put that on my CV. Yeah, I would. But the award-winning podcast producer, almond sheller. Noted almond sheller. World famous. It's wild, it's free, people are kind. They might be a bit strong, it's the polite way, but they're kind. You know, they're kind and yeah, and it's cheap and it's, you know, the sun shines. It does. <laughs> Quite a lot. <laughs> As you can tell, um, I don't feel ripped off, and I, I, I can afford to have a very nice life for a, a small fraction of the price of what London was, and I was ready for a change, and I, and I wanted to live. And most of all, people are kind, and it's a society that's open, if not wild and a bit wild west. But they like I, it. Sounds like people have really made you at home. Like there's there's been like a lot a lot of acceptance of you coming here and living here. And yeah, it part. perplexes a lot of people though. They, I mean, here there's huge. Unemployment, especially for young people, and that and that's sad. 
you know, there's towns and villages, once you get into the interior, where literally the only people that are left there are the very young or very old and nothing in between. And, and that's sad. And these places are dying out and communities are dying out. And I mean, Palermo's vibrant and crazy and... And is this is a city of total extremes and bipolarness, you know, like you walk around the corner and there's a fourteenth century Baroque that's probably the wrong era, but a beautiful fourteenth, fifteenth century um, church, and in front of it there's a mountain of uncollected refuse. And it's hot, and it stinks, and it's pretty gross, and... But you either accept it, and you accept it, or it annoys you, but you just, you just get on with it. You know, or... You, or, it ta or it takes people, you know, like my washing machine broke about a month ago, and the guy was like, Oh yeah, I'll come and fix it next week. And four weeks later, he still hasn't been. You know, and it's it's things like it's things like small things like that. But then, and, but then I'm just like, okay, it's just not turned up. Wow, that smells amazing. <laughs> the lawn mowed garlic and almonds going into the tomatoes. That smells incredible. Um, but it's you just yeah. I don't. I would. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know? Like, I don't... I couldn't imagine... I can't imagine moving back to the UK. Randomly. Well, not randomly. I just have no... Um, no kind of inclination. I understand that. Like, it's... I mean, don't... I mean, Italy's got its problems, like, everywhere else. I mean... You know, and they'll, and they'll put it, and they'll put their hands up to it, especially here. Like Sicily is, Sicily has always been an island. It's always welcomed people. It's always had people come and conquer. It's always accepted people from other places that have been escaping war or wherever. They weren't treated very well by their own country either. You know, they were kind of forgotten about in the 40s and 50s. You know, and it was a, it's a it was recognised as a third world country. And they're accepting, you know. But these, these boats that are coming in, that aren't meant to come in, mm. they come because Sicilians have a very strong sense of justice and what is what is the right thing to do obviously there are people that don't do the right thing to do as there is anywhere but I mean maybe it's it's the people and maybe it's the people that I know and that I kind of hang out with but there is this overall kind of sense of you know there's empathy 
And that's incredibly powerful. And, kind, thing and kindness yeah. and, gener- and generosity. If everything comes back to that, that's a pretty good place to start. From. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're generous people. They give you anything. Well, within reason. But, you know, they would share their less... Like, if you had no food, they would share your less food. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're... If you're stuck, then they'll help you. I don't know, it's just a different... Different sense of thing. But I think, you know, there's also. Oh, oh no, oh no. Pass it down. Pass it out. Um, I think it's. I mean, you'd go out of. I mean, on the whole, it's a great place to live. You know, people. They're quite. They're straightforward, I guess, is, is a better way of putting it. They're pretty straightforward. They've got something to say, then they'll say it. I just need to go get some basil off the balcony. Thanks to Claire. I had such a wonderful, if very brief, time in Palermo staying with her. Uh, So much so, in fact, that I'm actually going back there a week or so after this episode comes out. Uh, Not staying with her this time, unfortunately, but I will be in Palermo for a few days. And if you're listening to this soonish after it comes out, so around the end of September, uh, head over to the Lekka Instagram. I'll be sharing lots of Sicilian treats. And I'm also, uh, I'm getting the train all the way to Sicily from London, which should be a really exciting adventure. Uh, and I'll be sharing some of the things I'll I'll be eating along the way there. So uh, do come and find me and follow if that is uh, the sort of thing that you like at Lekka Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter as well. You can also find Claire on Instagram at everything but. I highly recommend getting in touch with her if you're planning a trip to Sicily and looking for somewhere to stay or trying to figure out what you should do. Uh, get in touch with her. You can read her writing on food in Sicily and get in contact with her via her website, everythingbut.me. Sadly, in the great Samsung S9 factory reset of the summer, uh, victims one, me. I lost five months worth of photos. I know I'm over it. I'm not over it, but I'm just trying not to think about it. That does include the pesto trapanese pasta shots and general photos of Claire's apartment and beautiful Palermo. So you will just have to take my word for it that it uh, looked, smelled and tasted amazing. I have got a few photos that I'm going to share on uh, on the Lekker Instagram, but I am going to share a recipe for the pesto um, trapanese on the Lekker website and you can find that at leckerpodcast.com. I also just wanted to mention that the it's been in the pipeline for ages, but the first ever Lekazine is on its way to print and will be released in the next few weeks. Uh, it features loads of amazing food writing, collage, illustration from so many contributors, and I'm going to be selling print copies on a not-for-profit basis on the Lekka website. And to be the first to find out about the release date, sign up to the newsletter at tinyletter.com forward slash Lekka. Um, there's also going to be some exclusives of little bits of content that are going to be in the zine that you're going to be able to see only on the newsletter. So do sign up. I promise not to bombard you. It's just kind of general bits of extra content that come out around the episodes. Uh, and that's the only place they'll be. So sign up if you like the sound of that. 
As ever, do tell your friends about Lekker if you like it and rate it and review it if you've enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back soon. Thank you.